good morning. It is wonderful to have you all here. We begin our service by singing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal number 549. The doxology number is hymn number 709. My whole being boasts of the Lord. Let the lowly folk hear and be glad. Lord God Almighty, how great and wonderful are your deeds. King of all nations, how right and true are your ways. Who will not fear you, Lord? Who will refuse to declare your greatness? For you alone are holy. All the nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous deeds are seen by all. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice, and let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 137, My Jesus, I Love Thee. Hymn number 137, My Jesus, I Love Thee. Oh. Uh-huh. 
dust is now. Please be seated. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Lord God, here in this chapel, we just come before you just as we are. And Lord, the question is, what should we pray for? And God, we think of the needs that we have individually, the challenges that we are facing, the things that we're trying to understand. And God, I would ask that you would help us, all of us, to have the discernment and the wisdom and the vision and the knowledge and the understanding that you want us to have as we endeavor to seek your will for our lives in all things. And God, give us the strength when we need it, and we call upon that right now. Lord, give us the courage when we need it, and we call upon that right now. Give us the compassion, Lord, when we need it, and we call upon that right now. And Lord, in this time of prayer, Lord, we think of our family members and our friends. We think of the patients throughout this medical center that are here today, the staff that are working, the family members that will be visiting. And God, in the same way that we have prayed for ourselves, Lord, we lift them up to you in prayer as well, asking that you administer to their needs in the same way that you, we want you to minister to our needs. And we lift them up in one accord and one spirit. And God, we just want to say thank you for the opportunity just to come and worship you here this morning, and we praise you for that. And we are so thankful that you taught us to say by praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 140, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing. Hymn number 140, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing.
comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, beginning with verse 30. And he said, How can we illustrate the kingdom of God? Or what parable can we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed that when sown in the soil is smaller than all the other seeds on the ground. And when sown, it comes up and grows taller than all of the other vegetables and produces large branches so that the birds of the sky can nest in its shade. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we just praise you and thank you for this wonderful time that we have worshipped you by the prayers that we have offered, by the scriptures that we have read, by the songs that we have sung just to praise you, Lord. And we thank you for that. And God, I would ask that your praising would continue with the things that I have to say as you lead me. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. And so since we've been talking about parables, the parable today is the mustard seed. Now, first of all, you need to understand that the mustard seed parable was a how should I say, a matter of speech that they used back in Jesus' day. So think of the mustard seed as it's meant to be, something that is very small and insignificant and grows up to be something beautiful and tall. So once again, it was one of those colloquialisms that they used back in Jesus' day to talk about how something so very small can become something so very great. And that's what it means. So if you've ever wondered why Jesus uses the mustard seed parable and you're thinking, well, God, can't you think of something else? But back in his day, the disciples and all those who were listening to him understood exactly what he was talking about. Something insignificant that can become very, very great. And he used the kingdom of God as an analogy for that. Something that starts very small, but yet turns out to be very, very, very big. And we can look at what Jesus did. He started off with himself, and then he called 12 men to be his disciples. And 2,000 years later, the church of Jesus Christ, I believe, continues to grow. It continues to exist. It continues to prosper. But yet Jesus' teachings started off with this very small parable, referring to the kingdom of God as being as small as a mustard seed. And as we've talked about before, the whole idea of parables means something that goes alongside of us. And so when we think about Jesus' teachings and the parables that he gives us, it's something that goes alongside of us every time we are living in the way that God wants us to live. And it is there to be a reminder for us to live the way that God wants us to live. 
So Jesus uses the mustard seed to compare the kingdom of God, something that can be very small, but yet it can turn out to be very large. Now, I don't know about you, but every once in a while I have a self-pity party, and I look at my life and I say, God, all the things that I've done seem to be insignificant, and they just seem not to matter. Am I making any kind of difference at all in the world in which I live? I ask myself that question. Perhaps you do as well. You feel insignificant. When it's all said and done, God, did I do anything that worthwhile? And I would say to you, yes. The things that you've done in your life that have honored God, and I would even submit to you the things that I have done wrong, have also led me to the path in which God wants me to be on. Even the bad things that I have done. I don't want to use you as an example because maybe you haven't done any bad things. But I know that I have. And even those bad things that I have done, God has used them for his purposes. I must admit at times when I think about those things that I have done wrong, and I'd like to tell you that there's not many of them, but there are many of them. God has used those things for me to enrich my life, to make me mature, to make me grow, to make me that little insignificant mustard seed, to grow and become something far greater than I ever thought or imagined could be. And when I look back at my life, I would have to say, yes, God, you have used me, and I don't know why, but I just praise you for that. So it doesn't matter how small you think you are or how insignificant you are, God can use you even for the good things and the bad things that you have done to reach others, to tell others of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's more than just the good news. It's more than just the gospel. In fact, the word that we get gospel from is evangel or evangelistic. And it goes back to the Roman times when the Caesars would proclaim some type of edict. And they, of course, they thought themselves as being some type of God. And in the same way, when Jesus gives us the gospel, he is proclaiming that he is the Son of God. And so when we think about the gospel, it's more than just the good news. And I know we like to use that word because it seems to be okay and it seems to be neutral and doesn't seem to be offensive. But the true meaning of the gospel of Jesus Christ is Jesus himself proclaiming that he is the Son of God and to listen to the things that he says because it pertains to all of us today just as much as it did 2,000 plus years ago. So when we think about Jesus' parable and he's giving us and proclaiming to each and every one of us that you are not insignificant, that you are worth my sacrifice, the sacrifice that I am going to do. That's what he's telling them. Because Jesus knows where his life will be ending on the cross a sacrifice for me and for you for our sins that we have committed and Jesus is telling those that are listening to him listen to me 
And we've heard before when Jesus has said, He that has ears, let them hear. Hear to what Jesus is saying. Your life matters in the eyes of God. And all of us that have come to know Jesus Christ, I hope we know this scripture, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomsoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I always say it in the King James Version because that's how I memorized it. And I can't memorize it any other way. But for you and I, we are not insignificant. Died, Jesus died for my wrongs just as much as he died for your wrongs. He died a death for me and for you so that we can have life, a significant life, an honorable life, a one that is there as we go forth each day to live for God the way that we should. And when we change our lives, when we have that moment of repentance, which means turning around, doing that 180 degree turn, going in a different direction, forsaking all of those habits that we know are not good for us, and walking away from those things that weight us down, that are burdensome to us, that take away from the life that God wants us to have. When we begin that process, and I think that process continues. There will be moments and times when we will stumble and fall. But God tells us to get up. Get up. You matter. You are of significance to me. I love you just for who you are. And it is a mystery. I'd like to tell you that I understand everything about God and I understand how God works in every one of our lives and I understand the mystery of God and how the Holy Spirit calls us, how He speaks to us, how He directs us. I can only tell you how He does it with me. Sometimes it's a still, small voice. Sometimes it's through circumstances. Sometimes it's through other people. Sometimes it's through the Word of God. Sometimes it's through the hymns that we sing. Sometimes it's through the prayers that we make. But I know that God is with me. I know that God is using me, however that might be. And every day I have to say to myself, not my will, but thine be done. And that is hard to do because I want to control different things in my life. And I think all of us want to control our lives. We want to be able to dictate and to manage the things in our lives on a regular basis. But God says, you know what? You just have to give over those controls to me and let my will be done for you in your life. Easier said than done, but it's something that God wants all of us to do. He wants me to do that every day. And when I get out of line, when I say things that I shouldn't say, when I have a quick retort, God reminds me, hey, what you said was pretty stupid. Why did you just say that? And my wife could be a testimony to that. Yes, my husband says very interesting, stupid things to me all day long. But yet she still loves me. Because she knows that I am trying. She knows that I am not perfect. And I freely admit that. 
But you see, we should allow those things to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We shouldn't allow the fact that God wants us to work on our lives in a very special way. Each and every one of us has been given a sphere of influence that God wants us to be a part of. Think of it in the fact that each of us have been given a garden, and God has given us every day an opportunity to plant little mustard seeds in every one of the lives that we come in contact with. And God wants our garden to grow significantly, not for our own personal benefit, but to honor God and to, if you will, progress the kingdom of God the way that God wants us to be. I am not a gardener. I did live on a farm for a while, but I took care of the pigs. I didn't understand what was going on out in the fields. But you and I have been given a garden that God wants us to plant those little mustard seeds. Things that we do for each other that appears to be so insignificant, but yet can be something very great that God has a plan for too. Future of his kingdom. To reach others for the gospel, for the good news, for the proclamations that his son Jesus Christ made that all of us, should be saved. All of us should come to know God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And you and I have a responsibility to do that. And it's a good thing. Because when we are kind to each other, when we show compassionate, when we show mercy, we're doing those things that God wants us to do to plant those seeds. When we lift each other up in prayer, God is telling us that we are planting those seeds as we communicate with God the needs of others. And I don't know how all of those prayers get answered, but they do according to God's will, according to God's providence. Something that's beyond my understanding, but yet I have that hope and faith that God will answer the prayers according to His will. And so when we look at our lives we see that God gives us that responsibility. The responsibility that he wants us to have to encourage each other with the seeds that we can provide. Because who knows? The kindness that you might be showing someone might make a difference in their lives just right in there that could prevent something that they might be headed for and they'll stop doing it because of what you said to them. Or maybe that prayer. Or maybe the whole idea of you just being and giving a smile, giving a handshake, just encouraging them, thanking them for who they are. You never know what those words can do for people. How they can encourage them. How they can make the difference. And so many times we just seem to be sowing seeds, but yet, God, we just don't see the outcome. We just don't see things grow the way that we'd like them to grow. We just don't see the end state. But one day, we will. We will see the end state of what we have done for Jesus Christ here. We will see that end state. We will see the things that we were part of that production line. That maybe we didn't plant the seed, but maybe we added a little water. Maybe we provided a little sunlight. Maybe we did something to, if you will, fertilize it. 
to allow things to grow in that person's life the way that God wanted them to be. And that's what the responsibility we have. I am not responsible for the increase. That's God's responsibility. But I am responsible for at least planting the seeds in the best way that I can, using the talents and the abilities, using all of the good things that I do, using all of my failures to make the mustard seed of the kingdom of God to grow in your life and in my life, to provide the shade, to provide the branches where birds can come and sit in the comfort of the shade, in the heat of the day. And you and I understand what heat is because of where we live. And we know how comforting it is to sit underneath the shadow of a tree or even the shadow of a building away from the hot sun. Insignificant, we might say. But yet we're aware of it. I know I'm aware of it. Have you ever gone to an event somewhere on a hot summer day here in Arizona and everybody's looking for shade and they find a little tree somewhere in the middle of the field where they're watching a soccer game or a baseball game and everybody's lined up? Have you ever seen that? I have. They're all lined up trying to catch a little bit of that shadow of that tree from the comfort of the hot sun. That small little tree that can give us that shade. Spiritually, you and I can be that small little tree to give shade to those that are in need, to give that comfort that is needed for that moment in time. And who knows how many people might be lined up behind the shade of our little tree that we're growing, that we're maturing, that we're doing those things to honor God's word that has been given to us through his son, Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage each and every one of us here this morning that you are significant, that you mean something, that you have the potential to do something great for God. I don't know what that greatness is. You might not know what that greatness is. We may never see what that greatness is. But we may be the beginning of someone's life that can be used by God in a great way. Charles Spurgeon, who is a minister several hundred years ago, he was one of the most prolific evangelists in Great Britain. And when he came to know Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, he was sitting in a church with only ten people in it. Only ten people. And he got saved that day because of what that minister said. And what a difference he made in thousands of lives. I would even say in millions of lives what God did for using him and furthering the kingdom. And in the same way, always remember that numbers do not matter. We're not responsible for the numbers. We're responsible to do those things that honor and reflect the love that we have with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's how God works. God works in the fact that all of us are doing our part to sow the seed, to hope and pray that in all of our lives that there would be something wonderful, that there would be the maturity and the growth that we all need to have so that we can do those things to honor God and to do those things 
in the way in which we care, that we do those things in which we honor and praise God, healthily, thoroughly, wanting God to hear our voices in song and in prayer and in worship, to bring the honor and glory to Him. So it is my hope and prayer that we all remember this morning that even though when we have feelings of being insignificant, when we feel that we don't account for anything, when we feel as though we're that little seed, God can inspire greatness through you. Amen. Please take a few moments and prepare your hearts for communion. And we practice open communion here in the chapel. And what that means is if you know Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, it's between you and God, and you're welcome to take communion with us. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you've given us this wonderful time to come and worship you. And Lord, you have reminded us that we are not insignificant, that each and every one of us are very special to you. And Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, forgive us when we feel that we don't mean anything to anyone, including you, God. Forgive us when we feel that way. Because, God, it's not true. We mean everything to you. No matter what state of our lives, no matter all the things that we have done wrong, Lord, you love us and you accept us just the way we are and that we are so significant in your eyes. And God, we praise you for that. Lord, I just want to thank you that you forgive us of our wrongs, the things that we have done that have not honored you, the things that we feel very guilty about. But Lord, the sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross takes away all of that guilt, takes away all of the sorrow. And Lord, you relieve our burdens from those moments because of that cross. Thank you, God. In Christ's name, amen. from the Lord what I also pass on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me
Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn this morning is number 153. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. to do that 
every moment of any, every day. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Bless the Lord, my soul, and bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, who leads me into life. Please join me. Bless the Lord, my soul, and bless God's